this is episode three of the Stronghold Podcast. I'm here with my boy, Steven Langdown, former one championship fighter and my uh, oldest, oldest fighter and friend here in Singapore. Mm-hmm. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. You're welcome. So we're here with a couple. Can the camera see this? <laughs> this, is, this is what happens if you hang out with Steven. Okay, one was not enough. We have to double fist. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I try. So uh, what's going on, man? How you been? I've been I've been well, thank you. I've been um, busy at work, at the gym, just doing what I do. Look, still looking for an in back into fighting. Oh God! I haven't haven't found one yet. So uh, Stephen, I'll just set set you up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen was the first guy that I coached when I moved to Singapore that was a professional fighter. That is correct. Yes. I met you. How old are you? Twenty. I was twenty years old. Yeah. Okay, so you were twenty. At that point, you'd already had one fight yep. and one championship, right? Yep. So I started coaching you for the second one. My second fight. The Raymond Tan fight. Uh, no, my third. That's my third. Who was your second fight? Um, Casey Swire. Oh, right, yes. May, may he rest in peace. Yeah, oh, yep. that's true. Yeah. yeah. So you had two fights before I met you, and then you had two fights since two, when I was coaching yes, for you. correct. Okay, so, dude, tell, tell the story, right? So just, just to give everybody a little background, right? I'll give you a little background, and then you, you, you set it up. You, you yep, yep, drive yep. it home, okay? So when I met Stephen, he was 20, 22? I, yeah, I was 20, 21 at the time we met. Yeah. And when I met you, you were already signed to one. Yep, And you that basically were, you were in the early phases of one. You'd gotten signed Yeah, well I, got, I got in well before the game Do you know which off. event it was off the top of your head? When I, my first fight? Yeah. Um, I f- my first fight was the, I don't know what numbered event it was. I don't know what there. numbered event it was, but I fought um, the 18th of October, 2013. So it wasn't... 2013. Th- yeah, 2013, ages. yeah. I moved here in 2012, yep. so it was right around the time. It must have been in the first 20 events, would you say? Oh, for sure, yeah. First Ab- 10, absolutely. 10, 20 somewhere? I, I don't think it's 10, it's probably 20. Okay, so yes. something like that. So you were fighting in the early days. Early well days. Well before it was the established thing that it is now. Yes. And it's interesting because you basically, I mean, one wants Singaporean fighters. Yep. Right. It's based out of Singapore. Yep. So there's no question that they want local fighters. Uh-huh. And in the early phases, yep. phases, I mean, they're phases. looking everywhere for uh, these local fighters. Yep. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> basically got signed to one from a video that went up on the internet of you hitting pads. Um, yes and no. So how I first caught their their attention was through a video on Sherdog. Um, shout out to anyone that knows. Sherdog forums. Everyone knows Sherdog, dude. To, yeah. Those fair. forums in the early stages, that was the <coughs> jam. Um, yeah, so I, I put out um, a video of me doing pad work and a bit of rolling on Sherdog forums. And they had someone that came down to the gym to come and talk to me, come and watch me train. Um, and then I think maybe a month later, they, they sent me an email and said, we like what we see. Are you interested? And, and there was no even war- you did not even have an amateur fight. I had no fights. <laughs> you I, had no fights. I had no amateur fights, no pro fights before it. Um, and they said, "Do you want to fight?" And I was like, "I, I really do." Um, I really, really want to fight. Can I swear on this? Yes. Oh, I can swear. We're on okay. YouTube, dude. You can fucking swear all you want. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was uncensored, I was, baby. <laughs> I was fucking psyched, right? That I was gonna get to fight, and in my head, I had it that it was going to be a lot of fun. It wasn't going to be as scary as what I thought it would be. <laughs> right. Now, granted, I was young and dumb. Um, 
and I remember when I was when I was backstage before my first fight and my first fight I shared a locker room with um, Ben Askren mm. Shinya Aoki was he fighting back then yeah well, he, he wasn't signed with one though he was still with Bellator back then though no 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 he he fought that that was your fourth fight no 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 he I, I'm pretty sure Ben Askren Oh, was that maybe maybe my second fight? I was fight. with you when you were with Ben Askren. That was when he fought Sapo. I I no no he fought someone before that the 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 um the Eastern Asian guy. I I don't remember his name for the life of me, but I definitely shared I shared a I shared a locker room with um, Shinya Aoki multiple times, and maybe Ben Askren wasn't there for the first one, but I do definitely remember Shinya being there. And when you when you get in that in that locker room and you know, you put your stuff down, you start warming up, you change, you put your cup on. It gets real fast. It gets real it gets so real quick. It gets real so quick. And as much as you like to think you're a tough guy and it's all going to be okay, you, you learn very quickly that you're not. Especially with no fights no, before. Yeah, I, I so just to set this up for everybody, right? You were 19 when you had your fight? The first uh, one, the debut. 20. 20. So I was 19 going on 20. Yes. So you're 19 going on 20 in your yeah. pro debut. Never had a fight before in your life. You're at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. Yep. 10,000 people. You're in yep. the back with like Shinya Aoki. Who else fought on the cards that you were on? Ben Askren was there I, at I some th point. I think Ben was there, um, but there, there were a whole bunch of people. I mean, yes. you're you're there with some legends in the back room. You're yes. like 20 years old. You're like, oh, this is cool. We're about to fight yep. in it's front my of 10,000 people. Yep. And you don't have that experience to None. sort of make you a savvy None. vet or anything. I mean, you're None. just in there. In I'm the just there to it. do it. I'm just there to do it. Yeah. So what was what was going through your mind at that point? When did it start to get real for you? Um, it started to get real when we were behind the curtains, just before before they play your music and you walk out, right? At, at every point before that, I was still fine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll go do this. Experience. It's an yeah, experience. We'll, we'll go do this. Um, but when you when you get behind the curtains, and you can hear, you can feel, you can literally feel the crowd. And then it, at that point, I was like, okay, maybe this might be a bit real. And if you go back and watch my fight, my first fight, um, when I fought Mark Marcellinus, as I, as I walked down that famous one championship ramp, right, that they have, and as you walk towards the cage, about halfway through, um, my mother is standing there. Oh, so you so can see you, her. No, she comes up to me. She comes. Oh shit! While you're walking down. Yep. So if you watch that, you can see it. Um, I walk halfway toward the cage, and my mother pops up from the fucking the front row, and she's like, "Oh, good luck." <laughs> and then you quickly realize. You quickly realize that Jesus Christ, this is very fucking real. I don't. I don't know about you, but when I did my pro debut, mm -hmm. I got the fight or flight response. It yep. was one of the first times in my life where I actually got the fight or mm -hmm. flight response. I remember I'm warming up in the back. The guy that was fighting before me yep. had come back already. So he was back in the room, the guy that had just fought yep. right before me on the yep, card. Yep, yep. So I see him come in. He lost, I think, the guy that uh, went out right before me. So he was pissed, and he was, like, swearing and emotional yep. and beat up. And mm -hmm. it was just this crazy thing. And I saw him come in. 
And then that, at that point, my fight or flight kicked in. I'm like pacing. I'm trying to warm up. But I literally had the thought in my head where I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and jump out the fucking window right now, dude. Yep. I was so nervous yep. before. And uh, I, I think, I had I think we before. all had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the one real time where I'm like, okay, I understand the, the desire to flee. I was having a conversation in my head where I was like, if I can just get out the fucking window. I'll go. This is the thing. I've been training martial arts for years. Yep. I know now that I'm not afraid to fight because I've had fights, but even yeah. still with years of training, yep. when that situation was upon me, a trained martial artist, yep. I had the thought of, I need to get the fuck out of here now. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That, oh, it's And I'm fighting in front of like 200 people. In, I'm in yep. Trinidad, right? I'm in the Caribbean fighting that's, in front of like 200 people. Knee, yeah? That's when I busted that's my knee. Busted knee. And uh, so, I mean, the scale was totally different than the scale that yeah. you're getting at. Uh, so just to let people know, like this is even for trained people, this is the kind of anxiety and fear yeah. that you get. Once you make that walk, that shit gets real fast. It gets real very quick. So you see your mom, you're walking in. When do um, you, what's I, next? I have, I have the fight or flight the second they, they pat me down. The guy you're puts, standing there getting, the, yeah, I'm getting, the I'm, get, I'm getting the pat down. He looks at the mouth guard. That's too late. You're already in front of everybody cup. to get yep. the fight or flight. You need to get he it in puts, the back when you can get out puts, the window, dude. He puts the Vaseline on. <laughs> I walk into the cage, and then I realize that, fuck, I'm going to go fight another man. And at this point, I'm not even a man. I'm a boy. Yeah, you're a teenager. I'm a basically. teenager. I'm, I'm young. I've never done this before, but fuck it. We'll see what happens. And that's really the attitude you ultimately have to take because yeah. I don't care how confident somebody is. When mm -hmm. you get in the fight, you understand that there is it. a percentage that exists where you don't win that fight. I don't yeah. care if you're – even if you're yeah. way better than somebody. Mm -hmm. there you, is still, a you, you can still get spot. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You can get caught. You can get sub quickly. You can get head yep. kicked. Like, it doesn't matter. But that, that potential exists, and you know it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You, you are well aware that it does exist. But and, uh, and I'll say I watched your fight because uh, mm -hmm. obviously I coached you later, so I needed yep. to see what your style was and how you responded. And I know that when you came out, you were nervous. You can oh, see it in your body language. You're winging shots. I can, uh, you can I see the throwing. tension in yeah, your body. Yeah, throwing. Yeah. But uh, so what's it feel like when you get in there? And then we'll talk about what, how the fight actually um, went. I have very, very, very little memory of the fight, right? Because you, you just go in there. And you look at the other guy and you think, okay, fuck, I have to put him away. But the second the ref says fight, you... The gravity of the situation <laughs> descends on you, yeah. right? And, and you like to think you'll be prepared for it. And you like to think that when it does come, you'll know what to do. Mm. But you fucking don't. Yeah, all the training. You fucking don't. After all the training, yeah, you right? don't. You don't. You'll still get in there and um, freak out and spaz out and like. Yeah, you you still you'll still fucking have no idea. Um, but then, and it's funny because in that fight, so I, and, you know, to to this day I still talk to Mark, the guy I beat in my first fight. I still talk to him, and I think about a minute into the fight, I catch him with um with an inside low kick. And we'll we'll debate this forever. I'm very sure it hit the upper of his inner thigh. Mm. He still feels like it hit the cup. Mm. He went down. It's all good. But you like took out his knee in a leg kick, right? He lost his balance. To finish, to finish but, the fight. But they didn't stop that the fight there. there. No, right. that was before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then the the ref says to me, "You need to go stand across the cage." Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I had that whole two minutes. 
to process After what's going on. After a minute in my first just, pro fight. You just want yep. to be pumped up. And I want to fucking, he's, he's yeah, I want to fight you. someone. And the yeah. ref's like, no, you have to go stand there. And you just got to be like, okay, I'll just turn this off for like two minutes, I guess. Exactly. I'll turn off the rage yep. and the anxiety uh, and the fear. And I, I watch him, you know, on the ground and he's trying to gather himself. Mm. God bless him. And then he gets back up. We touch gloves and we go back to it. And then, then I do find the finish. You caught him with a knee, right? Um, yeah, so I, I, I got a sweeping leg kick, and he falls. And just as he starts to stand up, he backpedals. I throw a flying knee straight to the rib, and then he he bends and kind of Was falls. it the body? I thought you need him in the head. No, and I got, oh, sorry. I got him straight in the rib, mm. and then he just bends over like a house of cards. I got the ground and pound, and the ref stopped the fight. So you're like 20 years old, never had a fight before in your life, and yep. you're sitting there in front of 10,000 people at one yep. championship, and you win by knockout in the first round. Yeah, in like two and a half minutes, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. The scale is insane, and the actual... Big scale, yep. The actual like weight of the moment, especially for like a pro debut on that stage, mm-hmm. with very little... I mean, you had like a year, six months to a year of training up to that point? About 18 months. 18 months, so, a year yeah, and a half. From start... To, from start to, to fight, yeah. which is fast. It's very fast. I mean, yes. modern times. I That's nowhere near enough. I wouldn't recommend people fight before five years yeah. of training. That's your amateur fight. That's yep. your first amateur fight. Well, and then you wean yourself into the yep. pros. Nice as and you slow. well know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to jump into the fire and see where I get spit out. Well, you made that abundantly clear by doing what you did. <laughs> and then so you had a couple other fights in one. You Then you fought Casey. Rest yep. in peace. Rest in peace. You, you just died a couple yep. years ago. Unfortunately, we had this. Stephen and I both had this weird experience with with fighting. We, Stephen fought the second guy, Casey, in his fight, and unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he passed away about two months, three months after Silvio, after yeah. the guy that I fought in yeah. my most recent pro yep. fight. Yep. And both of them were in the same place. They're both in Bali. Both live in Bali. Yep. And uh, both on a motorbike. Both on a motorbike, and yep. they both passed away within like two months of each other. Mm-hmm. Silvio passed away. About two months after I fought him, yep. Casey, a couple of years after you fought him, I think, but they but, were within two months of each other. Um, yeah, so I was, the funny thing was, so when Casey and I fought backstage, we exchanged numbers. And what I think, I, I think a lot of people don't realize was that Casey fought for fun. He had a job. Casey had a very a good, good job. very, very high good, job. high paying job oil in oil and, and gas. gas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Casey was, Casey was set. But Casey fought because he he enjoyed fighting. And he was damn near forty when he was fighting too. Like he was. Um, in his yeah, late when 30s. I when I fought him, I think he was thirty-seven. So he's thirty-seven, and you're twenty-one. I was twenty-one at the time. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Old man strength is real. Oh, it's fucking um, real. It's fucking real. I'm getting older. I can feel yep. it. I can feel that old man strength um, when I roll. And you know, we we still kept in touch. And then he he flew to Singapore for business, and he was such a sweetheart. You know, he, he sent me a message, said that he'd be in town, do I want to go out? And he and I went out on the town. We painted the sky red. We went out all night. After you guys fought? Yeah, um, I think maybe six months after we fought. A lot of people don't realize that fighters are not hostile not to each other. It's not personal. No, God, no. But they th- they would think, because it is personal, because it's fucking embarrassing well, it's, it's if you lose. It's personal for 15 minutes. Exactly. But... But then after that, like, the I, switch is I gone. I couldn't give a fuck. Even yeah. if you win and you destroy somebody, like, yep. the second, let me tell you guys, the second the fight is over, mm-hmm. you are so relieved that the yep. fight is over. Like, you cannot be hostile to that person yep. most of the time because 
Like when it's all said and done, like eight, 12 weeks of training camp. You're like, rolling the same game, about, right? Yeah, you're, you're rolling the same about game. about it all the time. And the mental fatigue after yep. a fight mm-hmm. is just so extreme that like, I just remember like being in fights and having people in like rear naked chokes and being like being in ground to pound finishing situations and just being like, please God, let this be over. Yep. I just want it to be over. Mm. Like whether win or lose, mm-hmm. like just want the damn thing to be finished. So there's like very little hostility that's directed at your opponent most yep. of the time. Yeah. Occasionally you'll, you'll get one, but you, bad you, blood. you'll get one once in a while, but yeah, Casey and I had no bad blood. I didn't have um, an issue with anybody I fought ever. Neither did you? I mean, um, it's no. just, just business like cold. I've, I've always managed to have a beer. So the, of the four guys I fought in one championship, I've had multiple beers with three of them. <coughs> Um, I never got to have a drink with Raymond Tan because mm. his jaw was a bit banged up mm. when I won by soccer kick. Uh, but yeah, so that was the first fight I cornered That was the you. first fight you came up to KL for, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's, let's set that up a little bit because um, that's, a, that's a interesting... That's a, that's a good, good story. That yeah, is. interesting and f- weird fucking story. As <laughs> how how much can be. we talk about here? As much as you want, man. I'm willing to get into the weeds. I've already had to fucking edit some of these videos because I okay. said some racist shit <laughs> in the okay. first video. Okay. Some accidental racism. So it's so just it's now, now, now I'll go fucking word to camera. I'll speak to the camera. Oh, this is... I, I go go to, ahead. Right? Dude, drop so bombs. I don't give a fuck. We can edit it out later if it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Let it roll. So I fought Raymond Tan October 2014 in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And Ahmed, who by the time this goes out will probably be a father. Right? One of our it's best friends. One, one of, of the, our best friends. His wife is due in two days. We'll definitely get Ahmed on the podcast. Yep. Shout out Ahmed. I love you. So by the time this goes out, he'll be a daddy. So shout out to him and his wife. Also, he's the Malaysian amateur MMA champion. He's yeah, featherweight, MMA champion. Yep. Lightweight. Welterweight. Welterweight. Not light. He went up. Anyway, digression. He's a champion. Um, so he came up to KL with me, and Luke was supposed to come up at the end of the week. Yeah, you definitely can't pause this because this definitely just means that you out, you bro. get fucking it's like juicy. Arrested. We need juicy details. Okay, it's just Luke's a little Luke's it's not illegal. Okay, so I'm <laughs> so I've come down from about at the start of the week. I'm about seventy-one kilos. I fight at sixty-one kilos, and I get down to about sixty-three and a half. And Ahmed's there in my hotel room, still fucking rubbing sweet sweat on, throwing me back in the bathtub. What's sweet sweat? Just outline that for everybody. Um, what's the American version? Abilene. Abilene. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's Abilene. just shit that you rub on your skin. It's like a lotion. And it <laughs> yes. opens up your pores and allows and you it, to sweat. And it sucks. It sucks moisture out. So if you're trying to cut weight, if you rub this on yep. yourself and then you exercise, you're just going to start to pour weight. It's a really common strategy for people to cut yes. weight before, yeah. before fights. Yep. And then Luke's supposed to fly out Thursday night. He does, but we can't contact him when he lands. We're in KL. I'm doing some questionable things. That's all I'm going to say about Um, that. (laughs) We finally speak to him Friday morning, and I fight Friday night. And we find him Friday morning, and we're like, Luke, where you been? He's like, oh, um, I've been at a mate's house. I was, there there at some point. I was there the day of the fight. Yeah, if you did come for the fight. <laughs> Big fucking use that was. I, I already won. <laughs> it, I, I think it was useful that I was there. <laughs> I think I was there for the whole fight day. That's all I was obligated to be there for, guys. That's Kay. fair. We go on. That's fair. 
but yeah, that was um, that was the best time. Now tell the story about the weight cut. Just get it out. The weight cut. You're, you're holding back. Yeah. On the gayness of the weight cut. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, well, well, we won't tell. We won't tell that weight cut. We'll tell the weight cut when I fought Alateng. Mm. So if if you are UFC fans, by the time this comes out, last weekend's um, UFC in China. On the prelims, Alateng Haley fought someone. He won a three-round decision. He made fifty thousand U.S. dollars. Fight of the night. Right? Fight of the night. And that is who beat me in my last fight. Which, ironically, I think was your best fight. <laughs> it was my best fight. Mm. I felt the best there. Now, till till today, if anyone says to me like, um, "Oh, let's see one of your fights," I always show that fight, even though I lost. I felt like that was the one fight where I, I let my hands go. I was, you know, ready to stuff takedowns. You had to and weather it, the storm a bit. Yeah. You, had to, you, yeah, you, I you got went dumped. through everything. I got dumped constantly. You got taken down. You were trying to work your way up. You stood up. You landed some shots. Yep. It was a fight. Yeah. It was the one where it was a fight. It was mm -hmm. like the other ones, when you lost early, you got caught. Casey yep. caught you. And when you won, you won early. You early. Caught people, you finished them yep. in the first round. So this was, was the, the fight where fight you had where to work. Yeah. You had some, some time, some cage time. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm extremely happy for him. You know, he's a good guy. I spoke to him after. Yeah, he's a high-level Chinese fighter. Yeah. So Mom. tell the story about the weight cut, because that's what we're yep. driving at here. First of all, I'm going to tell the story about the first weight cut, because you are walking on eggshells here. I want Steven to come out, okay? You're being fucking conservative over there. Well, so the please, story, please as I on. was told please it, go on. As, so I wasn't there the first day. I flew up Thursday, and then I met you guys Friday morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I heard it, you and Ahmed had a little bath time. Mm -hmm. that, okay. So I'll, I'll set this up. One strategy to cut weight, it's a little gay, by the way, but one strategy to cut weight is you take a bath, right? Mm -hmm. There's a couple ways you can, you can cut weight for a fight. You can run. You run with this sweet sweat on you. You can jog it off, but it's high yep. energy, right? Yep. You can sit in a sauna, but the heat is brutal. We'll get back to the sauna cut because mm -hmm. that was the one where you fought Alatang. Alatang, yeah. Uh, but when you fought, what's his name? Raymond, Raymond. Tan. When you fought yeah. Raymond Tan. You did the bath, which yes. is the same thing. You rub the sweet sweat all over yourself. <coughs> you get in a bathtub. And then the idea is you don't really have to work. You just lay in the bath and let the bath salts and the, everything. That do. was the idea at the time. That yes. was the idea. So basically, set up. Give us the image here, Stephen, of what, of what took place. So it's Ahmed and I in a hotel. in. Kuala Already Lumpur. it sounds super gay. Very gay. <laughs> I don't question my sexuality, so it's fine. Well, the, the listeners are going to by the end of the story. Um... And no, look, I, I love that guy more than anything in this world, yeah, right? He was, he was solid. He was always there for me. Yeah, super dependable on that. Super, super dependable. And he was, a, you know, he was rubbing the sweet sweat on my back. And oh, God, it sounds was, erotic already. Yeah, and I, I got down from about, so I think I started the week at about 71 kilos. And then by Thursday, I was about 63 Right, so by now I'm down eight kilos, mm. two more to go, but there's nothing left to sweat. Yeah, your body's out of moisture. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking dried dry. up like a prune, right? Yeah. And he keeps saying to me, no, you have to go back in the bath. You have to go back in the bath. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm going to die. And, you know, I keep going back into the bath. And we go, we go, we go. And this is, this is a good story. So we wake up way in morning um i think at about half six six thirty a.m and 
Ahmed wants to have breakfast. So I said, okay, I'll come down to the buffet with you. We'll go down. And we walk past uh, the gym. And in the gym, there is Marat Gafurov. He was the, the former featherweight, champ- featherweight, featherweight champion. Featherweight champion and one big Russian dude. Massive, massive. Hairy as fuck. Massive. Yeah, massive to the point where I was, was I with you or Major when he was cutting weight? It was with you, I think, right? This was when he fought Alatang. I think he fought yeah. the same card. Yeah. That was when he fought Rob Lasita. Yeah, that's when he fought Rob. Yeah. And let me tell you something about this guy. So he lost to Martin Wan. He got knocked out quickly. But this guy, I walked in, Steven's cutting weight, and uh, Marat is cutting weight. Marat, yeah. And I walk in there about 74 kg mm-hmm. or something. Marat is in there. He's dying cutting weight. Mm-hmm. And this dude is bigger than me when he's at 146, 47 pounds. He's heavier he's than me. He's a big me. boy. He's a big boy. Bigger than me, big even though boy. I had 10 kg on him after yep. the weight cut. I mean, yep. this dude is fucking huge. Yep. He's got acne on his back. I'm not going to say what that's from. You can take a little guess about what a 30-year-old man with acne on his back is doing. But the point is, <laughs> whatever, dude. I'm just calling it like I see it. Point is, yep. this guy was big. He was shredded. Nice guy. Huge frame. He's very nice. He's I mean, I could nice. not believe how big he was. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not cut out for this fighting thing. <laughs> yeah. That was when I was like, oh, I'm good. Well, that that was wasn't that the same time Rob Lucita was swearing at you, asking you to get the fuck out of the sauna. Yeah, that was the same time. So he, yeah, Luke. Can, can I? Am I still in my camera? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Luke got kicked out of the sauna by Rob Lucita. By Rob Lucita. Well, he got head kicked after that. So Rob. Maybe karma caught up with you, baby. So I'll tell the story, all right? <laughs> I walked into the sauna, and Steven's got to cut some weight, but it's like a shared sauna at the hotel. And so people are often going in and out, which is pretty annoying if you're inside the sauna because it lets the heat out. Yeah. And uh, Steven had to go in. He had to cut a couple, like a kilo or something like yeah, that. About, yeah, and yeah. I'm trying to be a good corner. I'm trying yep. to keep him light. I'm trying to keep everything yep. light. So Rob is in there, and he's dying in the sauna. He was he, dry. He was dry. He, was he stopped dry. sweating already. Yeah, he, he was, was so dehydrated that he yeah, stopped sweating. He was dry. And I'm trying to keep the vibe light because I'm, I'm walking in with Steven, and I'm trying to cut weight with Steven because I believe that you should do that thing with your corner mm-hmm. because it sucks. Cutting weight is horrible. And if you don't have someone in there to kind yeah. of hang out with you, it, it's awful. Yeah. So I go in there, and I'm, I think I said something like, I'm <laughs> just making a stupid joke, right? I walk in, and Rob is fucking dead, just laying in the sauna. And then uh, I walk in, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking hot in here, guys. Am I right? Yeah. I say some stupid joke. Like, he wasn't a fan of that. He was not a fan of the joke or the energy that I brought into the weight room. And he immediately just, like, told me to get out. I don't remember exactly what he said. He's like, dude, you need to, you need to yeah, leave. He told you to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, uh, dude, I'm just trying to. He's like, get out. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I ended up getting out of the sauna. And then uh, that was basically that story. But he yep. he was a little unhappy and ended up yeah. getting knocked out pretty and, quick in that um, fight. But he looked bad. He stopped sweating. Yeah. Lost a bunch well, and, of weight. And big, big shout out to Rob. Um, he's had he some fought Marat on that card, right? Yeah. That was the same That's one. That's when he lost. And he's had um, some legal trouble. So, Rob, wherever you are, I hope you're well. What is his legal trouble? If well, I don't know. okay, we'll just oh. move on. Yeah, we move anyway, on. Anyway, I want to get to the story also of your your weight cut when you fought Alatan, because that was the one where I was with you and we were doing it at your condo. Yes. Um, yes. Hmm. Can we take a pause? Okay, sure. Pee. Yeah, I got to pee and have a bag. Okay, a quick pause. little break. We'll be right and back. then I'll tell you that fucking story. Okay, cheers. Thank you, everybody. 
And we're back from the pee break. Mm-hmm. Always necessary. So, Steven, you were telling the story of uh, your... We're on your third, fourth fight now. We're on the fight where you fought Alatang. Yep. And you're weight cutting in Singapore. The good thing about that fight was that it was in Singapore. So you didn't yes. have to fly out like when you fought Raymond Tan and KL. Yep. So uh, yeah, tell us the weight cutting story there, man, because the weight cut was brutal. This is when you're starting to get a little bigger. You're definitely not 60-something kg now. Those, those days are gone. So that was, that was right at the point where I don't think you could have made that weight class much longer yeah. after that fight. Yeah, so I started that weight cut, I think, 73 kilos. It's a big boy, right? That's like what I weigh now. Yep, I was in shape. Big boy, 73 kilos. Um, and we took the fight against Alateng at 61 kilos. That's a big cut. That's a huge cut. That's a big cut. Um, for the American listeners, that's 26, 27 pounds which at is 135. A, which is about as much as you can get. Yeah. That, that's getting to danger zone yeah. when you're cutting that much weight. Uh, yeah, it was huge. And so we, we did the first the first half of the cut fairly well we you know we only <coughs> we cut carbs we did the water load the water loss and i think i got down to about 68 kilos two nights before the fight still a good ways to go yep still still very heavy and and then the f- the morning before the fight we did the sauna and we got down to about I want to say about 64, 65. And this was the same card, by the way, that uh, this was the card that Askren fought Sapo on. Yes. Because we were in the back. Little story. I told this story on the last podcast, but in case you missed it, uh, we're just leading into Stephen's weight cut story. Mm-hmm. We are all in the back, right? We're all sitting in the back with the weigh-ins. Yep. And one championship, spoiler alert, if you don't know this, I'm ruining it for everybody. They do the weight cuts before. You make weight privately. Yes. Then they do the public weigh-in The later. public showdown, yes. But for the public weigh-in, you're already on weight. You've already made weight. Yeah, you're hydrated. Yeah, hydrated. So it's not yeah. a real, you're not actually cutting. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting in the back, and this is the Sapo-Ben Askren rematch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben just got signed to the UFC recently, mm-hmm. and everyone starting to understand that this dude is a shit talker, right? Yep. His little Chael Sonnen-esque, he does a lot of shit talking. Yeah, he does well. And he was sitting in the back as we're all watching him weigh in Sapo didn't make weight no and so as Sapo's coming to weigh in Ben already knows that Sapo's overweight so he starts shit talking him yep. in the back yep. while Sapo's going to weigh in on the scale so he's hang his head's hanging he feels like shit and as he's walking up to the scale talking shit in front of like 30 people in the back yep. like he's making every, he's embarrassing him he's making everybody laugh at him yep. while he's like ugh fucking dead on the scale trying to die to cut weight he's like he's talking to Matt Hume the matchmaker and he's like yep. Matt what's his weight hey he's fat is he fat What's his weight, Matt? He's overweight. I know it. I'm not going to fight him if he's overweight. He's sitting there shit-talking him. Yep. He's fucking weighing it. I mean, he's, yep. he's as game as it comes. They're sitting there trying to give us a meeting about social media. And you mm-hmm. need to do this to become popular. And all the while, he's just fucking shit-talking Sapo. He's <laughs> missed weight. No, Ben, ben Askren couldn't give one fuck. Yeah, he's like that all the time. Yep. He's such a gamer, right? He's, yeah. just such a, he's got so much no, ben, ben, ben Askren's always been nice from the interactions I've had with him. He's Always been very cool. And ironically, for that fight, 
while Sapo missed weight. You also missed weight the first time that you cut I, for that fight. I missed weight the first chance. The yes. first chance, which is okay. You didn't like uh, miss yep. your target. Or I anything. remember. Um, yeah. So I we got out the sauna, and I was sitting butt naked, um, legs crossed, on the scale. Yes, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> and they come back and they say, "Oh, you're 200 grams heavy." And I remember being at this point, I was like, fuck, I, I can't do this. I, I'm just fucking dead. And you say, okay, now it's all right. We'll go back to the sauna. So we go up to the sauna. And we, we must have been there half an hour. And by the way, this was after a whole night of weight yep. cutting. Yep. We were at Steven's condo the night before. We did, do you remember how long? Too long. We must have did Too long. an hour, hour and a half. I mm-hmm. think we did like... The first couple sessions we did were like 20 minutes, and yep. then I think we started going to 10 minutes, and then you were just having trouble losing the weight. I was just we're, dying. I was we're dying. sitting in the sauna dying. He's literally like, I can't move. You have to pull me out of here. And I'm like fucking under his arms, make, holding him on my yep. shoulders. So there's like a, a 30 to 50 step walk between the sauna and your pool. And the swimming pool, yeah. So it was literally like, <laughs> he's like, look, I can't, I can't go. I can't walk. But he's like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to die. Yep. And I'm like, it's okay. We'll just go. We'll cool you off. And I'm like have you draped over my shoulder and we go and then you just like face plant into the pool. Yep. <laughs> you just like, yep. you can't even jump. You just like flop nope. into the ice cold pool. Uh, at, th- at that point, there is nothing I can do. And you, nothing. And this is the nighttime the day before. Yep. So you still slept the whole night without I was food, so heavy, yeah. I was dehydrated, so heavy. Dehydrated, underweight, or sorry, overweight. Overweight. And you have to sleep that whole night, which by the way, if it's an MMA fight, you never sleep the night before. Yep. So you're always fatigued yep. from lack of sleep. Yep. And then the next day, you go, you miss weight. It's brutal. Yep. Like 200 grams. That yep. last 200 grams is a bitch to get off. Yeah. And well, like even when I remember when I made the weight, I couldn't stand up off the scale, right? So they have one of those. They w- they have one of those standing standing scales, and I would I would sit on that. Well, I did sit on that complete butt naked and they had the towel put around me and Mahim looked at me and Mahim said, okay, you've made weight. And I was like, okay, great, but I can't stand up. This was the second time. After yeah, we went this, back the second one, the yeah. And then I looked at you and I'm like, Luke, I can't stand up. You have to come pick me up because I can't fucking stand up. And, and it was at that point I realized that why do this to your body? Especially the weight cutting. The weight it's, cutting. It's, it's, there's it's no worse fucking than the point. fight sometimes. It's worse than the fight. It's no point because, like, I don't have the best chin, but from cutting all that weight, every single time someone touched my chin, yeah, my body's just like, okay, good I mean, night. You're so depleted. Yeah. I mean, your brain needs fluids. Uh-huh. You need water. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple for your brain to be fully functioning. Yes, so. yep. And they, some studies have suggested that it takes two days, like 48 hours. It's, it's more than 24 for sure. To yeah. rehydrate your brain yep. to the point where it's normal and it's yep. high performing. And if you were cutting weight so bad that night before, you have less than 24 hours. I mean, you're just getting yourself back to base, but you're not, you're not fully there. Oh, and then, uh, you know, it's a tough fight. You're taken down. You got up. Getting you're landing some shots. Constantly, yeah. And then the guy ended up hitting you with a pretty nasty soccer kick. Yep. This was back in the day when fucking soccer kicks were legal and what? 
So, I mean, just to take that, you got punted in the fucking head. <laughs> Multiple times. I think three times, yeah. That guy was tough, man. Yeah. That, that guy, he's a, a look, Chinese I've, wrestler, yeah. tough guy, fighting and the UFC I, now. So. Yeah, and I, I, I don't mind that. If, if anything, that means I can say to myself that, you know, I, I, I went in with the toughest of them. Yeah. I might have been beaten, but fuck it. You know, I at least got to put my f- sword to the fire. Realized I wasn't good enough. Granted, but it was what, good fun. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, for sure. One of the things that's always interesting about you, because you're, I mean, you were so young. You were in your early twenties when you mm-hmm. had these fights. You've done a really good job of leveraging what you did in one into your career afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people. When they fight, they don't know what to do when the fighting is done. They, yep. don't, they don't have a plan. They don't have skills or they, haven't, they focus so heavily on fighting that they don't have a plan once yep. it's over. Yep. And for you, you did, you're one of those people that did a great job. You got out early before you took a ton of damage. Yep. You had the experiences. You had the fights. You trained hard when you had the fights. Mm-hmm. You had some wins. You had some losses. But you have a fucking crazy story. And yeah. you did a great job in, I mean, you got like 30,000 some subscribers on Instagram. 21, yeah. You opened up your business. I've you got did a gym. great job yep. leveraging that into a post-fighting career, yep. which should be the goal because yep. most people are not going to be world champions, even if no. they are. <laughs> You're I mean, fucking not. Look at BJ Penn. Look at yep. BJ Penn. Getting knocked out now. Yep. I mean, this is yep. the craziest story. I'm, we, I'm glad we talked about this a little bit, but it, everyone in the martial arts community knows who BJ Penn is. But mm-hmm. if you don't, he was one of the, the greatest of all time. He was, yep. he was one of the pound-for-pound pound best ever. Yep. He was the lightweight champion. He was the welterweight champion. I mean, when he was in his early and late 20s, he was just one of the best fighters on the planet, pound-for-pound, pound, hands down. Yep. And then now you see him. He's 40 now or 39. He's getting close to 40. He's 40, I think. Yeah. He's still fighting. He's lost seven of his last eight. Yeah. Is it something like something that? Something like that, yeah. I mean, there were stories about... His wife was coming out saying that he used to do like tons of drugs and coke. Yeah. And he would clean up for a fight. Yep. And that was like his way of getting his shit together and all that kind of stuff. But now he's getting, he's lost so many fights in a row. He's, he's approaching 40 if he's not 40 already. And then last week he uh, got caught on TMZ yep. of all getting places. Getting knocked out. Yep. Getting knocked out by some fat drunk dude in a fucking street fight. This is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time yeah, getting knocked out by a fat dude at a bar. But is, isn't that the problem that too many of us try and live on stories that are way too old, right? Like f- take BJ, for example. When was the last time BJ was relevant? It was a while ago, no? Six, seven years. Exactly. Case in point, right? And... We, we would all like to think that we'll all be heroes forever, but we fucking won't. Mm. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can move away from that, the easier your life will be. He's one of those people that just can't seem to move on from fighting. Yeah. Because that's all he's ever known. Yeah. And he wants to be that guy. He wants to be that guy mm-hmm. who's still doing the damn thing, even at his own age. But, I mean, this is not... By the way, he got knocked out in this, this street fight uh, last week or whatever it was, yeah. in the last few days. Yeah. Last few days. But he yeah. was in a street fight like two weeks ago or a month ago at the, at the when, most. When he knocked out the guy. He yeah. knocked out another guy. But, like, why is this guy in street fights? 
what the fuck is he trying to prove? He's one of the best fighters of all time, mm-hmm. and he's fighting drunk dudes at a bar. Well, but he's not, he's not, and I don't mean to, very quick look to camera, mm. he's not trying to prove anything. You know, he's, he's just stuck in... But he should know enough to de-escalate these he situations. Should. He should. Otherwise, it's his own ego that he's feeding into. Because if he can't be, have a fucking dude chirping at him at a bar and without, like, just getting away from the situation, it's like, what are you... And then no, he gets fucking knocked out by some dude who he has no business getting knocked out by. I, I agree with what you say, but it's so easy for us to sit here and say that he should know better. Should he, though? Like, he's at the point in his life where he just wants to do what he wants to do. And he might encounter people that will be absolute cunts. Mm. And he might have to fucking stand up and fist up. I mean, that's cool when you're 20, dude, but when you're 40 and you have kids and she's like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Well, I, I, can, I, agree, I can resist I agree. that urge yeah. now. Uh, uh, so can and I. I so mean, can I. Jesus Christ, like, what are you trying to prove, dude? Like, it's just the, the level disparity. Like, just de-escalate the situation and get away from it. Part of it is, maybe you're right, maybe this guy was an asshole. Because if yep. you're BJ Penn and, like, some dude just walks into you and you're like, hey. And then you're like, well, fuck you. You think yep. you And they start chirping at him and talking shit. And all that. Mm-hmm. You can see how these things would escalate. Yep. But, I mean, it's just one of the biggest falls from grace in the history of martial arts. It is a BJ very Penn. big fall, yes. And he's supposed to fight someone again. He's supposed to fight. Uh, yeah, he's fighting again, yeah. Is that still happening? Yeah. He just got knocked out, and he's supposed no, to fight in, like, fight. a month. Is he fighting um, Mickey Gall? No, 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 think, no. It wasn't Mickey Gall. It was uh, not TJ Grant. It was some... He's fighting someone. Yeah. yeah. Someone, again, yeah. from a level that he probably shouldn't even be fighting with in MMA. Like, goddamn, at this point, I could fight BJ Ben. Uh, yeah, and it would not look... It's bad. It wouldn't look out of place. It's, it's bad. He's in a, he's in a rough spot, and it, it brings me back to the point of view... What you've done is use your time fighting to leverage it into something else. So you're the owner of Slingshot, one mm-hmm. of the owners. You do personal training. You're in Clark Key, right? Bookie. Bookie. Yeah. You're Bookie. in Bookie yeah. doing personal training. And you did the right thing. You realized this training, mm-hmm. fighting, not training. Tr- training you can do until you're dead. Yeah. But the fighting itself has a finite window. Yep. And you can either leverage that into a career or you can just keep going down the path. It'd be Chuck Liddell when you're 48. Getting knocked out by Tito Ortiz. You can That's true. Jay Penn at 40 yep. getting knocked out in a bar fight. I mean, you, it just, the yep. list goes on and on and on. Yep. Of these people who can't seem to get past it. To cut it, yeah. Roy Jones Jr., he was, when he got knocked out by that Kovalev, was, yeah. was he 48? Yeah, I think he was 48. Or 40, yeah. oh, God. I he mean, was old, yeah. That is not the way that you, you want to do this stuff. The training can, you know, I had this conversation with, uh, with Tebin. You mm-hmm. know Tebin? Tebin is a Malaysian guy. He's, he was in Pascal, the movie, which is like quite a famous movie if you're Malaysian. Mima runner up. Yeah, uh, winner. He won, he won Mima too. The year before he fought Ahmed. Oh, okay. So I'm going to get Ahmed on the podcast, maybe Tebin too, if he's ever here and wants to do it. But I'm going to get Ahmed on the podcast to tell this story because it's one of the craziest fucking stories ever. So Ahmed, the guy we were talking about earlier, he fought a teammate in the finals yep. of Mima, which is like a Malaysian-only... Tournament. Malaysian invasion, yeah. It's it's the Malaysian only MMA amateur MMA tournament, yep. and it's a tournament style. You fight a bunch of times over a period of like six months, yep. and then the finalists fight in a big show. Yep. And uh, Ahmed ended up being paired up with his friend and training partner Tebin, and this was right when I'm right before I moved to Clinch, yes. And I became the coach yep. of the gym that these for two both of them. for both of them, right? 
But of course, I know Ahmed from way back. I cornered yep. him for a lot of fights through Mima, and yep. he used to be the owner of one of the gyms that I work for. And then he brought me to Malaysia to start teaching there. And uh, he fought his friend in the finals of this Mima tournament, which I think is awesome, honestly. Yep. Because that was a good fight. I think too many people get sucked into this get very idea, sap that you especially can't fight the jiu-jitsu community. I yep. don't like the fact that when people close out brackets, that like one per they'll flip a coin. Like, oh, yeah. if you're two people from GF team and you meet in the no, finals, fight. flip a coin to fight. see who wins. No, fuck fight. that. Fuck what? that. Fight. Fuck that. Like, fight. you train with these people all the time and you're not going to compete with them in the finals of a tournament. Like, yep. it doesn't matter. If mm -hmm. you flip it, you're just putting the odds up to randomness. One of those people is better most mm -hmm. of the time. Yep. And if he's not better most of the time, maybe that day is his day and mm -hmm. you can beat the person who's been beating you in training. Yep. I come from a wrestling background, and in wrestling, you compete for your position. Yep. There's no flipping fucking coins when you're in the finals of a tournament. I mean, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? It's a competition, but you can't compete in a tournament against the people you compete with every day in training. Yep. It's fucking stupid. Uh, anyway, so they get to this to the finals of this tournament, and they have to decide, like, do they fight each other? Yep. You know, because they're friends, they're training partners, and there's a lot of psychology that goes into that situation because you train with that person every day. You know if you win. You yep. know if you lose. One of those people is dominant more often than the other. Yep. And you know that, both of you. And so the finals come up. Ahmed is fighting Tebin. They're friends. And so Ahmed brings me down to – or I go down to corner him. And then he's got some other dudes from Clinch, the same gym, cornering him in the finals. Yep. And uh, I think it's awesome that they were just like, fuck it, dude. Like, we're not, we're not enemies. We just, just go fight. in there. Yeah, just fight. It's a competition. It's sport. Yeah. That's all it is. At the end of the day, all, all you're looking to do is fight someone else. Yeah, it's not personal. No, no one gives a shit. No, fuck that. And so, uh, <laughs> a hilarious story fight. That, that happened in this fight, right? So, it's a back and forth fight. I yeah, mean, that was a good fight. Yeah. Ahmed was using his wrestling, and he was using some rangy strikes. Yep. And then, uh, but Tebin was kind of blitzing him. Landed some hard elbows on him, but Ahmed's game plan was to, to grapple and kick and punch from a mm -hmm. distance, and uh, he wanted to get Tebin down because he thought yep. his jiu-jitsu was better, and Tebin wanted to stay long. He's a big, powerful guy, powerful striker, dynamic yep. karate. He's got really good spinning attacks, mm -hmm. really good spinning back kick. He hit me with it a few times in training. Uh, unpredictable, powerful striker, though. Yep. And uh, I remember they were in the second or third round, right? And uh, Ahmed is on top of Tebin. They're in the corner, so I'm sitting in the corner uh, with... Uh, Ahmed's brother, Esan. Yeah, Esan. Yeah. And we're sitting in the corner, cornering Ahmed. And, I mean, he's as close. They're fighting, and they're as close to me as you are. Yep. And uh, while they're fighting, Ahmed's on top doing ground and pound, and Tebin's, like, pushing him away. He's using his hands to try to push. And Ahmed, like, drops down at the same time Tebin pushed away, and Tebin, like, elbowed him in the yep. face from the bottom. Like, yep. a hard elbow to the face. But in amateur MMA, you're not allowed to elbow to the no face. No elbows. So I remember, like, while it happened, Tebin apologizes to Ahmed in the corner. He goes, oh, bro, I'm sorry. And, I, and I'm just kind of talking shit. I'm like, hey, what was that? And he looks up to me and he goes, sorry, coach. And then there's this like back and forth. They're talking to each other about this accidental foul that happened while they're in the middle of fighting yep. while they're right next to us. And I hear like the camera people and the producers to the side start laughing because yep. they're having a fucking conversation yep. with the corner in the middle of this fight. And it was one of those things where it was beautiful because mm -hmm. it was detached. They're just yep. trying to have a fight. There's a foul in the middle of the fight, and they decide they have Such a conversation. They good. say sorry. They keep. They move on, and they just yep. continue trying to kill each other. Yep. Right? And it's one of those things that uh, it was just a beautiful story of two people just going in there, having sport. It Doing what they got to do. Yeah. They're not losing their minds. Uh, and really great story. And I think that's how MMA should ultimately be approached. It's, Agreed. it's not personal. Yep. Right? It's nothing like that. And uh, I don't know how we got... How do we get to hear from... Fuck knows. Point is, definitely need to but get yeah. Ahmed on the but podcast. So.
That's a decent way to wrap. Yeah, I need to go for another pee break. Yeah. So, okay, you one more wrap. break, and then uh, we'll be back. Cheers. Thank you. All right, we're back again. Mm-hmm. Back with Stephen Langdown, and uh, it's time to do some fight talk. Yep. Okay, so one just announced one of the biggest fight cards that they have. It's a two-parter, which it's, is weird. Yep. They're, gonna so do they're doing a show for the U.S. and a show for Japan. But that's going to be back-to-back, right? They're doing yep. it on one day. Yep. So it's like two full cards on one day. Yep. That's going to be like eight hours of MMA. Yep. Which is a bit of a weird move, but I guess they're, they're trying to touch the U.S. market, right? Yep. I mean, that's, that's ultimately the idea. That's what they're trying to do, yes. So we'll go over a few fights here just to get some fight talk in. The main event is a rematch. Angela Lee is fighting Zhang Jingnan, a rematch from, yep. was it, three, when, three or four months ago? Yep. That was Angela lost her, her first pro fight against the Panda, a really tough Chinese fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demetrius Johnson is fighting Danny Kingad. And then Eddie Alvarez is fighting Doggy, yep. which those are the big the three main events. Yep. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think Angela loses again. Mm. Yeah, I agree. You know, Tsingnang trains at Bali MMA. She's good, very, very good striking. Trains with the Leonis there. Yeah. Mm. And the Super Brothers. And the Super Brothers. Yep. Um, she seems the Super Brothers are awesome, by the way. Yep. They're, they're guys that used to come to clinch to train mm-hmm. there. That was like the first gym I think they started at. So they're, they're yep. really, really good. Um, Keanu had an unfortunate leg break leg in his break, last yeah. fight, man. That, that's brutal. I've been watching some of his – I've trained with him, and I've been watching some of his rehab and shit. It's yep. one of those check, check low kicks. It happens, right? The, it happens. The, the, the terrifying injury, man. That's, it's brutal to watch. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see how Angela can beat her again. Oh, no, sorry. Rather beat her this time. I think she can potentially create some scramble. I mean, Angela's a good scrambler. Yeah, that's the thing that is interesting about her. The problem is, is her her strikes don't really have stopping power. Yeah. In the first fight, uh, Jing Nan had a lot of her power. You could see it, mm-hmm. right? Like when she would throw shots, it would back Angela up. Yeah. And those shots were hurting. Whereas like Angela's strikes are just functional. They're only trying to get you in a clinch, do the right get thing. you in a yeah. grappling situation. I mean, she can definitely pepper you, yeah. and she can land some stuff on you, but it just doesn't have the same stopping power. Yeah. I think that would be the difference in that fight. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't see. Because it's only been six, four months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Angela's young, right? She's 22, 23. 23, yeah. I think. She's got lots of time. I just don't know if in the t- amount of time it's been since. They if she can make the difference. They should have waited, I feel yeah. like, to book well, this yeah, rematch. Definitely, especially after she lost to uh, Michelle Nicolini. I think this is one of the problems, actually, with one's matchmaking. If I were, if I'm Chachri, yeah. right? I mean, all of these rematches, they keep trying to book, like Christian Lee and uh, Martin, Martin Nguyen. Nguyen yeah. How many times are they going to book this fight? Yeah. They're talking about booking it again. Yeah. It's like, are they going to fight three times every two years? For, for how long? Mm-hmm. It's like Martin beat him the first time, yep. then Martin beat him the second time, and then uh, Christian gets a good win over Aoki in a pretty competitive fight, and they're talking about booking again. I just don't... Man, you got Eddie Alvarez there. You got Dagi there. Listen... Christian Lee has his work cut out for him yep. at 155. He needs yep. to be fighting the contenders in that weight class. Yep. He got beat clearly two times. Yep. I mean, they were not they were not shutouts, but he clearly got beat twice. Yep. Uh, what are we doing with this, these rematches again? No, those are, those are very good points. And I think we assume the same for Angela. Yeah, why, why book it so fast? Give her time to develop. Book it in two years. Right. If if it needs to be done, like let their give it time to settle. 
yeah. let it boil a little so, bit, and then you can book the rematch. But right yeah. now, I feel like the skill sets are going to be quite similar. Yep, and then Angela loses again. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that's, that's going to yeah. be the case. And I, I don't want to see her lose, right? Angela's a very nice person. She is. And she's a good fighter. She's scrappy as all hell. Yep. Lots of good submissions, but very there scrambly. Is, there is only so much you can do. In a short amount of time like yeah. that. Yeah. And then in the, the co-main, you got uh, Eddie Alvarez. He's fighting Doggy. Our co-main's um, DJ. Oh, sorry. DJ and King Ad. Danny King, King Dad, yeah. And uh, I don't think that's going to be a very compelling fight. That's not... That's not competitive. I think DJ wins that easy. And a lot of the criticism on King Ad is going to be he didn't win last fight. Yep. He fought the Australian guy. Do you remember his name? Reese. 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 Yep. Uh, Reese McLaren. Reese McLaren. Australian black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yep. Um, I, I agree. I don't think King Ad won that fight. They were yep. in the Philippines. I think he got a hometown decision there. Yep. I thought he was pretty clearly controlled in that fight. And I'm not going to say that Reese would have been a better fight for DJ necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, it's sort of, uh, especially the, the Filipino crowd, it's a bit a bit of a soft spot because a lot of people yep. thought that Reese won that fight, but they fought in the Philippines. And, oh, uh, I, th- I think Reese won that fight as well. But, you know, now Danny's got his chance to shine. I mean, it would be huge. Yeah. But I, I just don't think. I don't he's, see that happening. He's happen. not coming out on top. No. I think DJ's first two fights will be more competitive than this yeah. one. I think he gets the king out pretty quickly. And then uh, third fight, we just uh, hit that one up. Alvarez. And uh, Dagi. Dagi. Yeah, I think um, Dagi wins that pretty easily. I think Dagi finishes him. Yeah. I, I might agree with you. And uh, we should talk about the lightweight tournament a little bit because I feel like yeah. it's a bit confusing if you're a Westerner because what happened was Eddie Alvarez lo- yep. lost in the first round. Yes. He got knocked out by Timothy Natsukin, Natsukin in the yep. first round. And, I mean, he got knocked out bad. He got outclassed yep. and just beat yep. in that yep. fight. Yep. Yep. And then a lot of people are wondering, why is Eddie Alvarez still in the tournament? Yep. Which is a fair question. He <coughs> lost. Very then, valid, yes, yes. And this yes. has kind of happened to one a few times, right? Giorgio Petrosian lost his fight in the tournament. He lost his fight. They just yeah. booked a rematch. They put him yeah. back in the fight again. So, just to kind of talk to the the audience about what's going on there Doc, uh, uh, Eddie no no the guy he fought Natsukin Natsukin got injured yeah is it and you from your sources pretty severely yeah so he tore his ACL oh yeah that's at bad. Tiger um and he he can't jump back into the tournament so that's done um Mm, so they bring Eddie back. And the idea is that they wanted to finish the show by New Year's to they, put they, everybody they, on this they, card. They're trying to finish the show by that double Japanese show. Yeah, and if you if you uh, if you tear your ACL, most likely you're, you're done. done a year. You're done. Yeah, you're done. nine months. Yeah, nine months, and then you can train a year yeah. before you're fighting. And yeah, and and Timothy, so one didn't want to wait on him. No, and Timothy is a nice guy. I'm sure he's. You know, very involved, but if you can't step up to the plate when the plate calls, then you will lose out. Yeah. And Eddie stepped back up. Yeah. Um, they they also lost um, my man um, Lowen Tainanis. Oh. Oh yeah. What happened to him? That's right. He's out of the tournament too. What happened to Lowen? So Lowen has um, a self-eating bacteria. Oh my God. Disease. Is it one of the like a staff or something? No, it's even worse than that. So he's. He can't train for a while. 
because he's got something that just every time he gets better, it just eats again. Mm. Talk, talk nice and loud, Stephen. We got the the Indian bar starting to kick yeah. up here. We got to talk over them. Yeah, so uh, I, I spoke to I spoke to Lowen um, six weeks ago, and you know I think he's very upset that he can't take part in the tournament, but. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, injuries will do that, and that if you're training on the mats, those those uh, yeah. any sort of bacterial infection, those things are not a joke. You yep. got to sort that shit out. If yep. you got staff, you get a boil in your knee or something, you got to sort that out immediately. Yep. Uh, and then last, one, let's talk part two because this card is broken up into two sections. Yeah, Brandon Vera. Oh yeah, Brandon Vera versus uh, Unglan Song, and then Bibiano Fernandez fighting Kevin Bellingham, and then the next. Two more big fights. Rotong is fighting a guy called Walter Concalves. Yep. And then the last one is the big main event: Giorgio Petrosian fighting Sami Sana. Okay. Let's uh, let's start we'll, with we'll that start one. Start from the top. Oh, start from the top. Okay. So, what do you th- what are your thoughts on uh, Vera and uh, Al- um, Along and Sang? Um. <laughs> so you see, I've known I've known Brandon Vera for six years now. I still talk to his wife all the time. And yeah, he's a fucking lovely guy. His wife's very nice. But I think Al Nang's a lot younger. Mm. And that that age will that age will start to show now. And he's been fighting good guys. Say what you want about Brandon yep. Vera. The knock on him is he has not fought a good fighter yep. in five years. I mean yep. four or five years. Um Al Nang has and um I e- has, even yeah. though Al Nang's coming up a weight, I think he will beat Brandon Vera. Yeah, I, I, I love I love Brandon Vera, but I think it's time for. I mean, the thing about Vera is he's had tough fights. He's yes. he's definitely been there. He's a savvy vet, but let's be honest about his one career. He's it's been he, easy. It's, it's been, been easy. easy. Oh, it's been very fought, easy. He's not fought consistently. He's yep. not fought high level guys. Angla has. He's been yep. fighting consistently. Yep. He's fought from heavyweight to middleweight to light yep. heavyweight. Um, but interesting fight because for Angla this is also. It's still his toughest fight. Still tough, it's, yeah. I'm not shitting on Vera because he's yeah. skilled. He just Brand, has not Brandon's fought. A big boy. He just has not fought top caliber yep. since he's been at one. That was the one division that they tend to be a bit weaker in. Yep. Is the heavyweight division. Yep. So uh, nonetheless, interesting fight for both guys. Unga, yep. if he wins this fight, is he triple champ? Um, yeah, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavy. He'll be tri- yeah. triple champ if yep. he wins this fight. So a big one. And then you got uh, Bibiano and Kevin Bellingham. They fought before, right? And that was a controversial finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as much as as much as I am a fan of Bibiano, you know Kev, Kevin Belling on his has always, striking is insane. Yeah, yeah. His and spinning attacks and yeah, and he's always from Team Lakai, one of the best teams yeah. in Asia. He's always been very open to what he does, and I I would like to think that he can take it further. You think Bellingham gets it done? Yeah. Finishes or. I think he finishes BB in the second round. I'm gonna go with Fernandez in this in the decision. Uh, I feel like I feel like Bellingham's still susceptible to the takedown, to the grappling exchanges. Mm-hmm. BB's Fair getting enough. older; he's getting some wear and tear, but he's yep. durable in those striking exchanges. But this is, I think, the closest fight. Yep. I think this is the closest one on the card, and uh, we'll get two more in there before we bounce. Yep. Road Tang, who just had a fucking crazy fight with uh, he fought was that uh, Haggerty. Haggerty. By the way, Jonathan Haggerty. And, and he just fought in Lumpini again. Oh, my. Really? Yeah. Fucking crazy. By the way, Jonathan Haggerty is one of the best Western 
Muay Thai fighters. White boy. He's a I good mean, white boy. He is yep. a good Falun dude. Yep. That guy. He's a good white boy. His step in downward elbow yep. is just nasty. Yeah. And then uh, fucking Rotang fought again in um, Lumpini. And Rotang, man, he's got the the hands. Like, he does not throw hands like a tie. Yep. He's got fucking hard combinations. Yep. He came on late in that fight with Haggerty. Yep. And one of the best Muay Thai fights I've ever seen, which yep. is true of a lot of Haggerty's fights. His fight with the yes, Siri yes, yes. was also just insane. But Road. He was getting teeped a lot. He was getting pushed. Yep. Haggerty's a taller fighter, the yep. foreigner fight, uh, the Western fighter. The white boy. So he yep. was teeping a lot, and he's round kicking a lot. And uh, he was keeping Rotang away in that fight. But then, like, at the time the second, third round started to come in, Rotang just decided to wade through those kicks, started throwing hard <clears> shots. <throat> yep. And uh, ended up getting the decision. I think Rotang wins this fight pretty easily. And what's the last one? Uh, the it. last one is Petrosian and Sami Sana. Which How Petrosian wins easy? I, I disagree. I'm going to make an argument for Sami Sana, and I'm going to set this up by saying if you're not a fan of kickboxing, and this is one of the best things that one is doing, is they don't give a fuck what the rule set is. Mm. They don't give a fuck what gloves you're wearing, what the, whether you're fighting in a cage or fighting in a ring. They've just decided that all bets are off. Yep. They're going to fight, and they're going to use the rule set. They're going to use oh, the gloves. Oh, wins easy. I, listen, Sami Sana, had, he fought Yotsen Klai in the first round. Yeah, I know, I know, he, beat, and, I know he beat him. Yeah. And Yotsen Klai is for the listener, was arguably the best pound-for-pound pound Muay Thai fighter in the world. Senchai and him were, yeah, are, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. are up there yep, going yep, into that yep, fight. Yep, yep, yep. Sana beat him in that first fight. Then in the second, I think he fought Smokin' Joe Nottawa the last time, finished him. He beat Smokin' Joe, yeah. I mean, Sami Sana has looked like a destroyer in this tournament. Yeah, fair enough. Here Here's go. the thing. Outpointing Petrosian is almost impossible. Yep, he is a master of the point and, system. And he won't, he won't finish Petrosian. This is the, the, this is the thing. I like Sana in this fight, but I, I'm very hesitant yep. to pick him because Petrosian is such a master at decisioning people, yep. and he just understands how much he's landed, how much the other person has yep. landed, when to put the foot on the gas, when to break a little bit. Yep. He's just a master at knowing the the points and how to land and when to land. Yep. I don't know if Sana can finish him. But he is damn good in this tournament. Yep. You're going to go with Petrosian. I'm going to go with Sana just okay. to mix it up. But Petrosian did have a tough fight yep. against Petch in that first fight. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But some shady, some shady shit going yep. on. And on that note, shall we call this? Yes. Yep. Okay, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. This is my buddy Stephen Langdown. You can follow us on social media. Instagram, uh, at Stephen Langdown, at Lucas Leisure. You can follow the Stronghold Podcast, and you can also come down and train with me, Stronghold MMA. If you'd like to be on the podcast, strongholdpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you had fun. Cheers.